Hi everyone, welcome to TLGP Podcast. I'm Matt, today I'm joined by Colin to talk about the first step to maximise the impact of your school's PE and sport funding. So Colin, let's have a recap from last week. Yeah, so last week we talked about um, the five kind of key things we need to do when we're looking to invest in the, the PE and sport premium funding. So number one was uh, the review process, where we are now, so being really thorough in that. Number two was setting goals for the academic year, where we want to be, our target if you like. Number three was planning our investment, so how do we get from A to B, what do we need to do? Four was how we're gonna review that process, how we're gonna make sure we can measure it. And then number five was actually reviewing it and measuring it and being able to adapt it if we thought it wasn't quite going to plan. So they were, they were the five kind of areas. Okay, so let's focus on number one, uh, the review process. Yeah, so this, right, this one's fundamental and you know there are lots of things, as we discussed last week, out there already for people to use to review their existing uh, provision. So this isn't reinventing the wheel. This isn't rocket science. It's it's quite well known that the first process is, first part of the process, sorry, is, is review. The key thing from you know from our point of view is that is how do we do that and the detail in which we do that because you know you, you can you can use a tick sheet, but tick sheets are generally quite broad and they you know you're marking it in a. Uh, strongly agree, disagree, you know, a bit like you would reviewing a market research type document, you know, like strongly agree, disagree. And and it's not that at all, you know, you've got to you've got to be a lot more uh bespoke in this and you've got to look at your individual school and you've got to say, right, this is where we are. This is open and honest where we are. That listen, the key thing here is that that review process, it's only for your benefit. You know, so that's it can't be used as a tool to criticise anybody who hasn't done enough so far. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. So you can't you can't kind of be scared to put it together accurately and then go. Actually, someone's going to tell me off about this because we're not that great. You're not going to help yourself if you don't do it properly. Correct. You know. So you've got to you've got to almost accept if you know perhaps it hasn't been great up to now. You've got to draw a line in the sand and move on from it because. You know, if you don't, and if you keep if you keep using the past as the reason why you don't do it right, then you're never ever going to get better. So you've got to draw a line in the sand and say, right, let's honestly, openly, accurately review where we are, and then let's do something about that. And you you know you've got to be really confident in that. And I think the the first thing really is you know detail in all of this. You've got to get to the detail, and you've got to look at it from your own school perspective so not generic just individually on the school yeah we're not pointing fingers we're all, we're all working together now let's get this spot on yeah um and the best way to start with that is the four key areas to be looking at yeah so there's there's four key areas in this that you need to focus on so when you're doing your review of the school you need to look at four key areas so and these tie in a little bit with the key indicators on the on the funding document so you've got daily physical activity you've got teaching and learning strategy you've got clubs and competitions and you've got p impact on the school as a whole okay so one at a time um renewing oh we can renew it if you want so reviewing your daily physical activity provision yeah so this this is the first one where you say right okay so the, we all know the key indicator is 30 minutes of physical activity each day every child yep so first things first is a review process of, right well what do we do to achieve that Okay, so that's your starting point. So it's a, like, I'm trying to give you some examples of recent sort of subject leader visits without mentioning schools and stuff. So, you know, you'll hear things like every class does go noodle or, you know, a, a program like that. Yeah, yeah. 
um, you know, we do the daily mile or we do steps to summit or we do something like that. Uh, you'll have, um, we have active playgrounds, you know, all this. So a lot of schools will have things that they do. Okay, so that's the first thing is to actually get a list down or, a, you know, a real understanding of what you do. The next thing to look at is, do all children take part? So it's great that you're providing the opportunity for all children to take part in these things as a school, but do they actually? And if the answer is yes, how frequently do they all take part? Yeah. So, you know, they well, they all they all take part every week. Okay. Apart from little Johnny, he's got his maths intervention on a Thursday morning and Friday afternoon. Yeah, or, but yeah. which yeah, I mean, but even more than that, it's like they all take part every week uh, when it's not raining, or you know. So when you start sort of pulling a bit like an onion, when you start pulling away the layers, actually the initial statement of yes, they all take part isn't quite right. No, and you know that's that's the first thing that you've got to look at that and go right. Well, do they all take part? You know, does it happen all year? So that's another one. You know, does that do? Yeah, you know, all the children use Go Noodle. What all year? Yeah. yeah. So the children do this all year. So, you know, or, or we put loads of equipment out at lunchtime for children to play with. But do they all play with it? Yeah, you know, have, there, but... yeah, have you actually gone outside and sat for a full hour on your playground and just watched? You know, and have you just watched with your eyes thinking of, right, who is and isn't active? Not, you know, oh, does, doesn't this look good? Doesn't this look like it, you know, Ofsted would be happy if they looked out the window? Actually looked and just thought, right, how many of these kids are actually active? Yeah, because, you've got your group in the corner with the Pokemon cards, even though the troops around them, yeah, they're not necessarily yeah, using them and, or whatever it may be. Yeah, and, you know, there's just, it's quite an eye-opening experience. And when we go out and do this with subject leaders and we kind of run them through this process for a full day and we do all these things, you know, it's, it's almost there's sometimes a little bit of embarrassment you know and that, that's not what you want because there's embarrassment in the fact that like you know why didn't why didn't I know or why didn't I think and we know why people don't know because you know time is so critical that getting out and spending lunch time on the playground is not high on the priority list but that's when you have to look at your funding and say right well I need to I need to pay for my release I need to give myself time to do this job properly you know and that's that's one of the biggest piece of advice we ever give to people is you know as subject leader you will need to give time to the job and to do that you've got to be able to buy release time you know so i think the first thing is from a from a physical activity provision just to summarize is understanding what you do looking at how many children actually take part when they take part and then being able to kind of understand exactly where you currently are with what's on offer and what percentage of children you're hitting and what frequency you're hitting them that's the that's the real crux of it the one that i've seen in some schools just as a little side note is uh, can you track the kids that's default setting his fortnite dancing around the playgrounds all dinner time <laughs> yeah i think that game should be banned on every level um, uh yeah controversial <laughs> not really um <laughs> I've seen, I've seen it done is my point I've seen people taking yeah, it yeah and do you know what in a weird way it's a valid point because what is what is physically active 
you know, what what are we looking for when we say 30 minutes of physical activity per day? Yeah, something that gets the heart rate up, something that gets you sweating. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, you know, uh, I, I'd be more inclined to have, you know, if there was a, if there was a, does, do they dance to music in Fortnite? I've never even seen the game. Or is it just a... I, I try and stay away from it. But you know, I, I think you? I think these little things are the different music, different bits of music for each. One. I think Carlton off Fresh Prince is one of them. Right. So, so an age. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, although my I caught my eleven year old watching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air last night. Good. Bizarrely. Anyway, Good. we digress. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I would prefer someone made a compilation CD and played it on the playground so that they did twenty minutes of dancing to Fortnite. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're going to yeah. use it. You know, if give them what they want. Yeah, give exactly. them what they want. Uh, so moving on, uh, teaching and learning, what we're looking for there? So teaching and learning, I would say from experience is probably the toughest one for subject leaders to get right. So I'm going to try and be a bit more detailed on this one. From a teaching and learning perspective, the first job of the subject leader is to understand what the curriculum looks like for their school, whether that be infant, junior or primary. So they've got the, they've, there's really got to be an outline and an expectation of what we teach and how we teach it. Now, you can do that yourselves or you can do that through companies like us, you know, but you, you need to map out that curriculum and it needs to obviously be compliant with the national curriculum. So you have an understanding as a school of what the curriculum look like looks like Every teacher knows that expectation. You need to look at whether you have expectations for each year group. You know, the biggest or most common analogy I use when I go in school is, you know, do the year group teachers know the expectation for their year group? Because, you know, we've worked in school a long time. I'm still an active governor on a school. I know that if I walk into the school where I'm governor at and say to a year six teacher, what does a year six writer look like they will reel me off a list of things that i don't understand about subjunctive clauses and yeah i don't even know straight over my head yeah. yeah i don't even know if that exists but they will tell me things that they need to see in a piece of writing for it to meet the expectation of a year six writer if i say to that same teacher what does a year six pe student look like that is where they then are, you know, more often than not, unsure. So for a school, your exit points, for want of a better term, at each year group need to be very clear. This is what we need to see in year five. This is what we need them to be able to do in year four. Now, most schools, as you know, will have a rough idea of that in year two. Yeah. You know, so they will look at... the key stage one, yeah. Yeah, so by the end of key stage one, and it's generally things like we want them to be able to throw and catch. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah absolutely, yeah. But there needs to be a little bit more meat on that bone. So in what situations, with what kind of equipment, you know, that being able to throw and catch, you know, a five-year-old can throw and catch a balloon. Absolutely, yeah, beach ball. Anything, yeah. yeah, whether, you know, could that five-year-old just going into year one throw and catch a tennis ball? Would that be the expectation? Or are we talking about a football? Are we talking about a a ball attached to a scarf that slows it down? You know, what do you want them to throw and catch? Yeah. So, you know, a bit more clarity in those exit points. And generally year two is about as near as we get, but we need that for every year group because ultimately, if you only do it for end of key stage one, end of key stage two, then like anything, you'll end up getting kids in year six who are 
behind year group expectations and then struggle to meet end of year group expectations quite a bit of that comes from I've, I've seen in schools before unfortunately where a year three class will do a I don't know tag rugby lesson it's yeah. the exact same lesson in the afternoon that the year six has been taught yeah. there's no there's no differentiation yeah. between the year groups yeah and do you know what that's that's a really valid point I think but again that's that's about expectation of what we're teaching towards so yeah. learning objectives expectations for year groups that's about um, monitoring external coaching companies sometimes because we we sometimes think that by bringing external coaching companies in we're fixing the problem by default yeah you might be helping it slightly but you could even be hindering it Who yeah knows? exactly and you've got you've got to know that's the key thing you've got to know so hence the review process hence the review process but you know having having expectations for each year group is important but then you've got to know whether teachers teach to them or not you know that's the next thing so you know you you've got to go out and watch lessons and you've got to be able to observe their lessons and have a really good open feedback policy with the team in your school to sort of say look this this isn't helping potentially when this child when i pick them up in year four from you in year three i need them to be able to do this stuff so i, I get that it's hard and i get that perhaps you are struggling to teach it them so therefore we need to go out and get you some support to do that that's the review process but fundamentally you've got to get out there and you know make sure from a from a review process that do they know now where are they now where are the teachers from their teaching process is it is it good teaching and you know do we currently measure progress you know if we don't then we need to change that because measuring progress affects your teaching style it's you know it's the way that you teach you you look at where children are now and then you go and do something about it so it's like you said if we pick them up from year four after year three obviously and nobody's told us where they're at they're all going to be starting again at the same level exactly yeah so does the progress currently go to the next year group you know do we hand over like we do everything else do we hand over their their assessment and say right here's way here's what you're inheriting you know this is how they've performed in PE this year now it's your turn to move them to your next objective you know so the first from a review point of view from teaching and learning it's you can do a bit of this remotely you can look at you know what is our curriculum map do we have expectations do we have age-related targets etc etc then you need to get out there and just look at some lessons you know do the teachers teach what they should if we if we have got it do the teachers teach to it if we haven't got it what do the teachers teach you know if we haven't got any targets and we haven't got any expectations what does it look like look at extremes look at a year one look at a year six how different are they is there six years of difference in the lesson uh, 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 I you hope know, so. <laughs> like, yeah. I think so. So that's that's the review process from a teaching teaching learning. It's do we have the right expectations? Do we have the right um, targets and, and sort of set for each year group? Do the teachers teach to those expectations? Do they teach age relevant lessons? Do we measure progress? And does that progress currently go to new teachers? If you look at those things, that will give you a good starting point from a teaching and learning point of view. Fantastic. So moving on. Uh, the focus on clubs and competitions what's that yeah so this one is you know looking at children engaging in either extracurricular clubs so activity outside of PE outside of the normal curriculum and also uh, competitions so two areas that you know focus quite heavily in the key indicators on the PE and sport premium funding document generally and again I apologize for the generalization but generally a lot of schools use their games mark application as the answer to this kind of question yeah you see that a lot yeah so yeah you know like how do you clubs and competitions oh we've got gold games mark 
brilliant. That, you know, and that really is, is brilliant. Good, yeah. It really is brilliant. But you can go a little bit deeper in that process. So what I mean by that is, you know, the real crux of a good extracurricular provision is the unique number of children involved in it. So unique participation, you mean? What, yeah. Can you clarify what that means for us, please? So unique participation is an individual child doing something. So if you if you run five after-school clubs a week yep. and 10 children attend each club, by the end of the week, you will have had 50 children attend, right? Correct. But potentially, you've only had 10. So if Johnny comes to all five... If the same 10 come to all five then your unique participation for the week is 10. Your actual participation for the week is 50. Now, there's a big difference between those numbers. Yeah, huge. But fundamentally, which one's more important? Because one of them will get you a Gamesmark Gold application, and one of them will tell you that a lot less of your children are active than you think they possibly are. Yeah. And, you know, so how do we track that unique participation number? That's the key thing. And then when we track it, what do we do about that information? So when we know who is active and who isn't, do we do anything about it? Do we try at the minute to engage the non-active to be more active, for example? So clubs, it's unique. That's what we're looking at. You know, yep. do we do we have that around us? Most most people easily track clubs and competitions. I say easily, as in the fact that they know what to do. They collect slips. They keep registers. I've seen some huge folders. Yeah, there's more really time-consuming folders. There's more time-saving uh, <laughs> ways of doing it. There's more concise ways of doing it. You know, we're not we're not here to pitch what we do, but there are better ways, and it's not just us. There are just lots of better ways. But fundamentally, most people get the the tracking of that relatively well. What they don't necessarily have is then the, the using that data to move forward and say, right, is it the right data, and what can I do about it? And the competitions bit is is kind of the same, really. It's how many children are getting the opportunity to represent school from a unique perspective. So, you know, without doing the same analogy five competitions a week five kids it's either 25 kids or it's five yeah one's more it's important. the same analogy it's a different number yeah <laughs> it is the same analogy but it's also the same issue so. yeah uh, uh, finally then we need to look at the, how PE impacts our school yeah so this from a review process this is more of an overview so this is if you like the external party coming in you know so this is like if somebody walked into our school what would they think about how we embrace PE and the impact it has? So, you know, does PE have an importance in this school, basically? And again, you need to be really honest with this one because a lot of people say, oh, PE is so important. How many lessons do you do a week? One. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? Well, we have to fit in everything else, uh, which we 100% agree. We get it, yeah. But how can you say it's really important if you do one of the two recommended lessons? You know, can you say it's really, really, really important? You know, so there's there's a lot of things you can look at here. You know, do we celebrate success? You know, do we really celebrate success? Do we do we do sports presentation assemblies? Do we have our trophies on display and reception? Do we look at getting every possible games mark type award that we can? Do we engage parents in what we do? Do we send out sports newsletters every week? Do we have a PE Twitter page and do we you know here's one do we actually encourage people to follow it because the yeah. amount of schools who have a PE Twitter page with two followers on it because they have to have a Twitter page for the games mark yep. but actually do we engage parents 
do we tell people how good we are at this or do we just broadcast it because we have to broadcast it you know do we invite parents in for celebration assemblies like we would other subjects and talk about PE you know how important is it to us really do we deliver active lessons outside of PE you know do we get kids active as part of our whole school plan when we're doing geography lessons do we get outside and measure rainfall and look at wind and do we do we go outside and do uh, science lessons do we do we look at getting the heart rate up and doing you know do we do we do active maths do we do you know all these kind of active lessons that we can take outside of PE well, that's like that that's exciting true that's like that thing we were, we were looking at the other day is it Finland or Sweden or somewhere if it isn't raining they're outside in school their whole school is outside yeah I think that was a forest schools article wasn't it or something, something like, like yeah I can't remember what it was but somewhere, I'm sure it was somewhere Swindon Swindon it wasn't Finland Swindon, Sweden. You want, you want to know Swindon. <laughs> I saw it in Swindon it was like a Milton def- Keynes as well I believe no it definitely wasn't <laughs> I think I think it was a Scandinavian thing yeah yeah it was it was great you know and it's just we, we can be outside so why aren't we you know yeah and you know I think that look the the active lessons thing is it's sometimes people think it's hard work I think if we're hand on heart honest yeah it sometimes seems a bit harder takes a bit more planning I haven't really got the time to do that so you know it's it's just about, I think when you're looking at how PE impacts the school as a whole, I think the best way you can think of it is, is PE two hours a week or is it part of our whole school philosophy? Because sometimes it becomes almost a standalone entity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, So we do two hours a week or one hour a week and then the rest of the time we're inside and we're a classroom. Whereas you know, active schools uh, is something that you know, if you can embrace and you can get right is really positive. So, you know, do we use, going back to this PE as an importance for the whole school, you know, do we use PE and activity to impact well-being and character development? You know, so fundamentally important at the moment, really, really in the press a lot, you know, obviously well-being, mental health, character development, you know, there are ways out there and what better way of impacting that than, than sport, you know? You've only, you, you could Google a million and one articles about the benefits of being outside for mental health, you look at the character development skills that sport gives you, teamwork, empathy, working together, respect, you know, all those things. And then add that to programmes like Steps to Summit, which again, I know we're not here to plug, but add that where it's actually physically focused on developing those skills. You know, there's a whole there's a whole raft of ability out there to really focus on that sort of stuff. And again, do we do that well, as a school? There was a non-league football team, again, I digress slightly, but there was a non-league football team recently, I think it was Hendon, uh, I've got no affinity words and whatsoever, but they were offering free tickets for anyone with mental yeah, health issues that. and stuff like that. Which was yeah, superb, brilliant. brilliant, absolutely superb, brilliant. Um, and the whole look, I mean, there's millions of things that you can find on the uh, on YouTube. You know, the the Nigel Owens, the Welsh referee. You know, the, the, if you want to teach a kid about Is he the soccer referee, <laughs> if you want to <laughs> teach a kid about respect, just Google Nigel Owens referee. You know, because the way that rugby players respect referees and I know you know this isn't a football rugby bashing thing but the way the way rugby players respect referees is you know it's it's amazing to see really you know these massive blokes looking sort of physically looking down at people but being uh, but being so respectful and you know yes sir no sir and and the way they are dealt with is is incredible and that's the power of sport you know and and you as a school you need to be able to look at that and say Right, where are we? You know, realistically, what do we do? We use the power of P in sport, and if we don't, 
then obviously how can we and uh, you know this is just about the review process at the minute so it's it's just being really honest and I can't I can't sort of over egg this one enough that this document or this report or however you do it whether you talk into a mic like we are or whether you write it down or whether it goes on the back of a uh, milk carton or you know whatever it goes on how honest you are with this process will build the foundation for how successful you can be in the future and if you don't open and honestly say this is where we are you know and you forget about all the things that you'd like to think happen in school or you'd like to see happen in school and you actually know what does happen in school where are we as a school right now if you can get that right then the rest of these podcasts that follow will make perfect sense yeah and if you get that right the things that you would like to see and you would like to tell people that happen in your school will eventually come but yes yeah. it's got to it's got to you know you've summarized it quite well there it's got to be just a clear really clear in-depth review rather than just ticking the odd box here and there yeah and it, it's it's about being not critical of yourself but it's about being really honest honest again. honest as yeah well. and looking you know looking at your PE board and this is I, I love this one this is a favorite of mine you look at you look at a PE board in school and you say why is that board there right why is that board there is that board there because a games mark application requires me to have a P and sport board or is that board there because the children need to see it to know who and isn't who and who isn't playing in their interest school activities this week is it there because the school needs to show off all the clubs that are available this week to participate in is it there because the school wants to celebrate the success of all the fantastic things they are doing or is it there because it has to be there yeah a lot it, of the time it has to be yeah, yeah, yeah. it has to be it's a and if you if criteria. you again if you can honestly say no no we want it to be there we want it to be there for the children to use and we want it but do they you know so it's not this isn't about what you what what your intentions were when you put it in you know well our intention was that we the children would look at it and use it enough, but do they no right so at the minute it's there for show that's how that's almost the process and you know i think that as a subject leader you should be able to get this review process done in a day you know you should yeah. be able to get out and about watch some lessons look at your school walk around talk to people uh see what everyone else sees talking to people talking to children's a great way of finding things out as well yeah of course it is yeah i mean it, you know there's not teaching people how to suck eggs with this you know if you pupil voice is great and yeah uh but fundamentally you've got to get out there and ask the questions and you've got to be really honest resonating word yeah and we can support that process as well can't we yeah i mean we do obviously as you know we we do and sometimes it's it's quite nice for people to have somebody else come in and do that with them you know and that do you know what this isn't a sales podcast that doesn't need to be us it no, can be us not, if no. you want it to be but it, it needs to be somebody who has no affinity to what you've done so far that's the thing because sometimes it's very it's very hard to look at things honestly, openly, without objectively, objectively yeah. yeah, without without thinking. Well, actually, I'm going to put myself in the mire here by saying this doesn't work or it's not great because I bought it in or I did it. And I think you've got to just break that barrier down. You know that you've got to break that barrier down of saying, right, let's just be clear on what 
what's happening here and and and, and really uh, able to sort of set our stall out from where we currently are not where we want to tell people we are or not you know this isn't the uh this isn't the instagram review you know you don't yeah. have to like you don't have to tart it up or make it look good for social media this isn't your this isn't your instagram selfie this you is your bunny ears on this review, no, no this is your out of bed like literally hair everywhere review just you know as it is not tarted warts, up this warts is, and all isn't it yeah. warts and all yeah and then once you do that you can obviously move on from there so what do we move on to next uh, so next we look at goal setting um, we take the information that we've got now and we then go right you know let's let's get from A to B where do we want to go so we look at we look at goal setting okay thanks everyone for joining us today please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give them a rate as well we'll be back next week to talk about how to review your existing PA activity and sport provision in school in the meantime if we can assist in any way including helping you review your existing provision you can contact us on info at tlg-pe.co.uk or by any of our social media platforms. Don't forget you can also access TLGPE totally free of charge for 14 days at www.tlg-pe.co.uk forward slash schools. See you all next week.